All right, and welcome back, everyone, to the Blue Brothers Sportscast. I am Caleb, and with me, as always, is Brandon. Brandon, how are you this fantastic Monday? <laughs> I'm doing good. Um, short work week, so, you know, anytime there's a short work week, I mean, you got to be feeling good, right? Yeah, for sure. And actually, talking about the short work week, I mean, I think that that just is a perfect transition into uh, the first segment, which is the rock moment of the week. So we'll just jump right into that. I want to rock! So I'm going to actually kind of do a double whammy here for Rock Moment of the Week. Uh, I mean, it is Thanksgiving week, so, you know, be thankful. You get two rocks this week. Um, the first one is non-sports related. So you talking about how short, uh, how this is a short work week? Yeah. Guess who doesn't have to go back to work for the rest of the week? Yeah, me either. Oh, you're out? You're done? No, I get um, Thursday and Friday off. I still have to go Tuesday, Wednesday. Yeah, I'm done. Oh, I hate you. (laughs) (laughs) Dang, you got more days off than my wife does. She's got to go tomorrow, and then she's done. Suck it. (laughs) Yeah, no, um, I have, well, like, the thing with me is I help well with our holiday program. Uh, I work for a nonprofit. We have a holiday program we work with. So I, it's getting towards the end of the year, obviously, and I have vacation days that I'm going to lose if I don't use them. Mm-hmm. So it's easier for me to use them now sometimes than it is closer to Christmas, depending on how the the holiday goes with the program. So I was just like, normally I take off Wednesday, and I'm just like, well, since I might lose it if I don't use it, I may as well take off Tuesday too, so... Oh, yeah. Rock. So that is rock number uno. And <laughs> rock uno or rock dos. Dos rocks. Anyways, um, it's sports related. Uh, we'll talk about more later, but it hasn't just been one week, but it has been back to back weeks that Michigan has had a receiver break a hundred yards. <laughs> I believe history, somehow I knew that was going to be one of them. History has been made. So and it was I, your boy, Nico Collins. Yes, it was my boy, Nico Collins. And like, he is beast mode and just throw it up to him. I still go back to like one, eight, one of his best performances, even though it was a terrible, terrible loss, was last year's Ohio State game. Like mm-hmm. every, everybody else struggled, but he balled out. I mean, I know it sucks that it was really just kind of one person that was having a good game for Michigan, but I mean, he had monster catches. I think he had two touchdowns uh, last year, but yeah, anyways, uh, uh, I hope that he sticks around, but also, I mean, I would totally not blame him if he decides to move along because every, everybody recognizes his talent, so it's not like he has to stick around to prove himself, but that's a Yeah, I mean, he's got that NFL size, too, and he's got some pretty good speed for how big he is. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, and he's he's strong too, so mm-hmm. I think he would adapt well. But that is your holiday special two rock moments of the week. And then we will go to the other side of things for Garbage Day! Your Garbage Play of the Week. And, you know, because it is the holiday week and I'm being so generous, Brandon, if you want to mention two things, you're allowed to mention two. If you want. You don't have to, though. (laughs) Well, mine's kind of two things. Um, they're both in the same game, and they're both from the same guy. Okay. And that's from the Lions game, um, but it's not something the Lions did. I'm talking about uh, Washington quarterback Dwayne Haskins okay. overthrowing Terry McLaurin twice in the end zone when he was wide open. <laughs> Especially that first one was awful. There wasn't there wasn't a lion around for like five yards, and he could just like taking a little bit off the pass and he'll just been like a simple, like he's out there playing catch with a guy that he has a lot of chemistry with because he played with him for years at Ohio state. <laughs> wah, wah. And so I was like, how do you overthrow a guy that's that wide open? Like not once, but twice. If you're a quarterback from Ohio state, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> and then, uh, what's worse about it is that, McLaurin is on my fantasy team, and I started him. No. So that's 14 points I missed because Haskins sucks. Um, <laughs> it's funny also because I mentioned that, and and Craig actually said to me, he's like, you know if he was playing Michigan, though, it would have been like the most accurate pass in the history of football. <laughs> yeah, no kidding, right? Uh, way, way to wait to suck until you get into the NFL. <laughs> right, isn't that what they all do? All those yeah. Ohio State quarterbacks. <laughs> uh, well, speaking of the, uh, those things, a qu- uh, quick thing to mention is that your question of the week was: Will Dwayne Haskins throw over one touchdown versus the Lions? And you said no, and you were correct. Oh, well, I, I said yes. My question was if Ronnie Bell would finally get his first touchdown against Indiana, and I said yes, and I was correct. And Brandon, you said no. Of course. Hashtag sad face. But if it makes you feel any better, we both got five points this week, so you, uh, you're not like further behind. I know. I want to gain some ground, though. I know. But I did see in our official Yahoo college pick them that i am ahead of you now but shut up i didn't look at the. i only, uh, I only got like three games wrong wow i killed it this week <laughs> and I one actually, of them i got all of them i got wrong like i think we're all under 10 points like i picked illinois to be iowa and they lost what was it 19 to 10 or something like that mm-hmm. yeah it was and there was another one where i like i was off by like four points Thing. Yeah, I have not looked at the leaderboard for that one. I keep forgetting, but I was actually really frustrated with it for the uh, college pick'em one that we were doing because mm-hmm. I had to do it four times because it didn't save it the first three times. Dude, that app does that, and it screwed me before. Oh. Like I hit save, it didn't go through, 
And then I went back like the next week and it showed I didn't get any points that week. So I had absolutely no chance of winning. Yeah. So if you have that Yahoo app, look out for that. But yeah, that, that really made me mad. But <clears throat> yeah, well, we will, well, to do our other predictions, um, I don't know if I'll get into the scores right now, but you picked uh, Philly not covering the two and a half spread, uh, the negative two and a half spread for Seattle. Surprised again that they were favored. Uh, so you were right in that one. And then Minnesota just got past the spread um, as they won by 16 points against Northwestern. Their spread was uh, 13 and a half. So I got lucky with that one. But I think we are ready to jump into the sports talk then. Let's do it. <laughs> totally cut you off there <laughs> i didn't say anything astounding i just said let's do it i was like no talking for you i feel like we might we might need that soundbite no soup for you <laughs> seems appropriate but uh did we did we say michigan first was that the consensus yeah. okay yeah. i'm i'm terrible with my memory right now but so college football first. Um, Michigan took down Indiana on the road rather impressively, um, as we both were thinking that or had discussions about how Michigan has struggled against Indiana, and in, Indiana has a decent team this year. Um, mm-hmm. We both predicted relatively close games. Uh, Brandon, you were going for 24-21 uh, for Michigan to win. I had 31-21. to and uh, Michigan just busted things kind of wide open, finished with a 39-14 to 14 victory. Interestingly enough, no points were scored in the fourth quarter by nobody. Hmm. Um, if you didn't catch that, Michigan scored, I think, with like two minutes left in the third. And then nothing really happened after that. The interesting thing that I saw some people talking about that didn't really get a lot of uh, attention and I can't remember the exact details, but I think Indiana closed the game out with driving the ball or one of their last drives, and they had it for like eight or almost nine minutes. Wow. And and it ended at the Michigan 30 or 35, they were saying. So, I mean, if half the quarter is just one single drive, yeah, that makes sense why. Maybe no points. It's like an army drive. Yeah, right. And uh, Michigan then held them scoreless, though, in the second half. So that was, so it was um, 21 to 14 at the half, and then it finished 39 to 14. So good job on defense with the second half shutout. Uh, Patterson had a, another great game to follow up the Michigan State game. He was, uh, 20 of 32 with 366 yards, five touchdown passes, and uh, one interception, which was kind of towards the end of the game. Basically, the whole fourth quarter was like garbage time. Um, But then a – so 366 passing yards, obviously a pass-heavy game. Uh, Already talked about it. Nico Collins broke 100 yards, broke 150 yards. 
uh, but had himself a day. Only six receptions, but he had three touchdown receptions. So, uh, fantastic job by him. And uh, one of them was a 76-yarder. So, that was pretty crazy. Um, Man, just... It, it was kind of a little bit slow at the beginning. Um, not gonna, not gonna lie. I was kind of wondering how things were going to go, um, for Michigan as things started off. Uh, I was trying to see if there, oh yeah, here we go. So Indiana scored first and, uh, was up 7-0. Michigan tied it. Then Indiana got up 14-7. to But then Michigan tied it. And then they took the lead before halftime and then never looked back. But honestly, like a uh, pretty well played out game. Um, they didn't do a lot rushing again this week. I mean, they didn't really need to. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've just continued their being really efficient. Um, even though they've had a couple big plays, especially that 76 yarder with, uh, Nico, um, it kind of wound up being a coverage breakdown. I mean, he broke through, uh, his defender and then after that he was just gone. So it's not like Michigan's been getting flashy, but they have been getting the ball to their playmakers outside of Ronnie Bell. They always use Ronnie Bell Patterson and him have that, had that relationship, but, uh, it's good to see the other ones get like uh, more passing, just spread around because between last week and then this week, uh, Donovan Peoples Jones, Tariq Black, also have been making um, fantastic catches. So, just really good to see how well they've been playing. Um, Quinn Nordeen hits uh, has been kicking well recently too. Uh, he only kicked one field goal this game, but even remembering to. Uh, Last week, it feels like he's uh, been a little bit more reliable. I don't think he missed between last week and this week, so it's got to be a record for him. Yeah, probably actually. <laughs> he he did go through a really rough patch, so yeah, like a year and a half. Mm-hmm. Interestingly enough, though, um, both teams finished five for twelve for, on third downs. Hmm. So. Interesting spot there. Um, time of possession, relatively close. Uh, but, uh, you know, when Michigan's getting some drives where it's 76 yards and a touchdown pass in one play, uh, you don't really need to hold on to the ball very long. Penalties, again, not not too bad this week. There were some, you know, unnecessary things. And, you know, going into the final game of the regular season, we know that they need to play as perfect a game as possible for any chances, but, um, overall, I mean, everybody, everybody seemed impressed with the game. There wasn't really anything. I mean, I didn't, I didn't have really much negative to take away from this. I know that there were some people that were, uh, down about the Michigan state game last week about how slow it started and everything. And we're already negative Nancy's in the first like five minutes of the game, but, um. Yeah. It. What were some of your thoughts, Brandon, and takeaways from this game? Yeah, I mean, like you said, there there wasn't really much negative to say. Uh, they did get off kind of slow, but I expected the game to be a close game to begin with, 
So it didn't really surprise me. Um, yeah, I mean, it was just a great team win. Uh, both sides of the ball played really well. Uh, you know, the defense was able to get some pressure on Ramsey. You know, uh, Uche, he had uh, fumble recovery, a sack, uh, two tackles for a loss. Uh, Hutchinson also had a sack, and Pay had the third one. Uh, and Daxton Hill had his, wasn't his first interception? I believe so. I yeah, believe it was. So it was nice to see him uh, get that. Uh, yeah, and I mean, also on the, on the offensive side of the ball, you know, Peoples-Jones was second on the team. He had 73 yards at a touchdown. And like you mentioned, Ronnie Bell had his first touchdown of the season, so that was nice to see. Uh, yeah, like, like you said, there, there wasn't too much emphasis on a running game, but there didn't need to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, Charbonnet, he led the way. He had eight carries for 46 yards, uh, including a 22-yard run. So, you know, effective in the little bit that he had the ball. Uh, really all he needed, all they needed to do, I guess. I mean, it was, you know, a pass-heavy game. It, it kind of just varies from game to game. You know, sometimes we run the ball a lot like we did against Notre Dame. Sometimes we throw the ball a lot like we did against Michigan State and Indiana. Uh, it's just nice to see that Michigan has those two options. Mm-hmm. You know, if one's not working as well, the other one does. Uh, and like you said, getting the ball into the hands of our wide receivers. And it's finally nice to see that because we've been waiting for it for so dang long. Yeah. And it's just, we've got so much depth at receiver. It's ridiculous. You know, we got Collins, Peoples-Jones, Black, Bell, uh, Sanders still. And then even a few times that um, Jackson has come in too, and it's just I don't. It's just nice to see Michigan having so many playmakers at the wide receiver position. Yeah, like you were saying too, them finally getting utilized. So uh, overall, I mean, I think I've said this before, but just as you were saying, but um, to put it all together, the balance on this Michigan team right now. Man, I I don't think you've seen this kind of balance since man, I, I don't know when since Harbaugh has been here. Like, do you feel like there was another time that Michigan had as balanced a team as this right now? Under Harbaugh, no, I I can't really think of any. Because I almost wanted to say 2015, but I feel like it was mostly a uh, a pass offense in 2015 because Rudock was throwing up crazy numbers. And running it with uh, Smith back then was kind of more of a second option. Like, there were a few times where he was able to do really well. But, I mean, he was, like, the running back. And, it, I mean, no no offense to him. Like, he did well. But he was – it wasn't like he was a Michael Hart, Mike Hart or a Bianca Batuka or something like that, you know. So um, – but with this between Haskins and Charbonnet and then the plethora of receivers that are there – you know, it just and what they've been doing the past few weeks, it just seems so well balanced, which is so great to see. Yeah, and man, the talent of this wide receiving core is it's gotta be top five in college football. Yeah, I wouldn't say that Michigan has the best because I think Alabama probably has the best. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but Michigan is definitely up there. Yeah. So uh, a good game, uh, good play calls. I, you're gonna have to forgive me on this, because um, I I'm trying to remember if I'm mixing this up with last week or not. Was was this the one where Sandra still had the really nice uh, reception um, near the sideline? I want to yep. say it was. Okay. Yeah. Because for some reason, I don't know, all, all of a sudden I was thinking, I was just like, man, was this last week or this week? Um, that, that I think, was one of the most impressive plays to me. Um, it, it, just that it went ran so well, the route, and they were, and I caught it while it happened, and then they brought it up right afterwards on the uh, when they were calling the game. But he was running on the numbers, and so that space that he had between the numbers and the sideline was like a perfect spot for Patterson to drop the ball. And if Sandra still couldn't get it, then there was no way the defender was going to get it. So really safe play call and just a great route that he ran. Perfect ball placement. And I mean, you know, Sandra still, even with all the great receivers that are ahead of him in the depth chart was great to see him, um, you know, still doing well. Cause he's had, he's had some nice uh, plays throughout the whole year. So that was one that stood out to me. But, yeah, that was definitely this game, that um, sideline catch. I remember that. Yeah, that was a very nice catch. Um, he's another guy, too, that I'm kind of excited to see what he can do in the future. Mm-hmm. For sure. So, uh, And a uh, couple just uh, more comments here before we uh, switch things over to the NFL. Um, I mean, this is kind of common with some Indiana games, but there was a good uh, mix of the crowd. A lot of Michigan fans, you could hear it uh, watching the game on TV. A lot of chanting and cheering for Michigan, a lot of go blues and things like that. So a uh, good turnout there. And yeah, just overall, like once things got um, clicking and everything, just a good game way to be able to keep momentum going. Um because, wow, let me see this. Um, so, second half of the Penn State game, I mean, they had the great home game against Notre Dame, went on the road and dominated Maryland, um, dominated Michigan State then last week, great uh, production here against Indiana. I mean, just, you know, week after week, really great to see that and just a good way to – begin to close out the season. Of course, there's still one game left to play and we'll have plenty to talk about that. But with all the things that were going on earlier this year, they've been, um, I mean, you can take records away and everything like that and just talk about how teams have been playing at the end, uh, which is kind of how you look at things in the NFL. Um, Cause you want to see how teams are doing when they head into the postseason and playoffs. But Michigan is definitely one of those hotter teams right now. Yeah, I would agree. Yeah, because, oh, man, what was – I'm trying to think. There were a couple teams, top teams that were not performing well. Like uh, Georgia was struggling – has been struggling recently. And uh, there were a couple other ones where they were, like, top ten teams that were just, you know, inconsistent, whatever, things like that. So uh, anything else to talk about with uh, Michigan-Indiana or – uh, no, I don't think so. 
Okay. All right. We are going to jump over then and we will pick things up with the lines. So, Brandon, it's your favorite part of the episode, right? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. The lions. Yeah, the lions suck. <laughs> I I kind of saw this coming. Just because in my years of watching the lions, it was just the typical lions thing to do is to lose to a team who's one and nine. And, you know, like I told you, that they have a history of not being able to win in Washington. And, mm-hmm. you know, chalk this one up to to that. Uh, Jeff Driscoll, he got the start again because, you know, Stafford's still out with a back injury, still not on IR. Uh, Things coming out now saying that the Lions are looking to put him on injured reserve, but he's not willing to go. He still wants to play. I, you know, I'll forever appreciate Matthew Stafford for how tough he is. And respect the fact that he wants to be out there. He wants to be playing. Uh, he's a tough guy. He takes a lot of hits. And, you know, it seems like every season there's comes out at the end that, you know, he played most of the year injured. But, you know, when it comes down to the point where it's like they're putting a lot of money into him. He's making $27 million a year. And you got to get to the point where you're like, okay, you're going to have to sit out. You have broken bones in your back. We don't want you to like get hit again, and make the injury worse, and potentially have it like threaten your career. So, <laughs> you know, just you're done for the season. Pack it in, you know, heal up, and let's get ready for next year, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. You know, it it just makes sense to me. You know, get you know Driscoll some more experience, uh, so you know that you have. You know, an experience backup with some ability that can, you know, maybe steal you a couple games if Stafford has to go out. Um, but yeah, this past week was Driscoll's worst start so far. Um, yeah, you know, he had a few interceptions. He had a fumble, but, you know, it was recovered by the Lions. Um, he did throw a touchdown to Logan Thomas, of all people. <laughs> Just funny with all the weapons that the Lions have on offense, Logan Thomas is the one who got the touchdown this week. Uh, you know, on a lighter side, Yobo Scarborough had another good game. He almost got 100 yards this week. Uh, he ended up with 98. You know, he didn't get to run the ball too much because, you know, towards the end they were coming from behind. You know, not too much time to run the ball. You know, I really w- liked what he brought to the team the last couple weeks. You know, he runs hard. He breaks some tackles. He He's not flashy, but he has good vision, and he's hard to bring down. And, you know, that's all I really want in a running back. On a downside, he fumbled, and he lost it. Mm-hmm. Uh, he had a fumbling problem when he was at Alabama as well. So something he's really going to have to work on if he, if he wants to make the team. 
Because, you know, one of the guys starts fumbling in the NFL, it doesn't take him very long to not show up again. <laughs> you know, a lot, not a lot of teams will put up with that. Uh, you know, the rest of the guys in the offense, nobody really had big numbers. Uh, Kenny Galladay led all the receivers with 61 yards. Everybody else, you know, it was a really dull game, especially on the offensive side. On the defensive side, it was just frustrating. Uh, Washington, they're not the best offensive team. They have an okay defense. But, you know, like I said earlier in the, the cast, uh, you know, Haskins overthrew Terry McLaurin twice. And there was even a few times where he threw, threw behind a guy. Somebody still made a catch. Uh, there was one to Harmon that he made an amazing catch. I don't know if you saw that. It was down towards the Lions' end of the field. Um. You know, he threw it kind of up and in front of him, and he jumped up and made a one-handed catch. Yeah, I think I know which one you're talking about. Yeah, that was really off target, and I mean, Harmon kind of bailed him out there with that one. Um, the Lions on defense, my lord. Uh, Tavon Wilson had a fumble recovery, and that is basically all the, the positives. You know, other than the three sacks that they had again, uh, it was Devin Kennard, Jared Davis, and Ashawn Robinson all had a sack. Uh, and for some reason, our defensive coordinator, Paul Pascaloni, is content with only rushing three down linemen a lot of times <sighs> with no blitzing, and I don't get it. Like, you're going to rush in three guys against five linemen it just the numbers just don't make sense to me. Mm-hmm. So you know, a quarterback has all day to throw the ball. It doesn't matter who your secondary is. I mean, you could have like somehow you could have Deion Sanders in his prime and clone him. Eventually, a receiver is going to get open. When a, when a quarterback has that kind of time in the backfield, and you know, we saw it last week too with the Cowboys. Like how many how many seconds did? Prescott had to throw the ball. Like sometimes it was like 10, 10, 15. It was ridiculous. Yeah. And, you know, I've been saying it all year. I said it last year. It all falls down on um, Bob Quinn not drafting a solid pass rusher the last two seasons. And this year especially, the draft was so deep with, with difference-making pass rushers. You know, we even saw it not with just first round, not just second round, but third and fourth round guys like Max Crosby from Eastern Michigan, who the Raiders took. He's having himself a pretty good season. He's got like seven sacks, and that's more than like anybody on the Lions right now. Sounds about right. Uh, Yeah. And, you know, another bright spot, I guess, is Amani Oruarie, rookie defensive back. He had his first career interception. That was a pretty nice play. And, you know, you know, Matt Prater, he missed a field goal in the first half. That, it's kind of hard to put it on him because you could tell that the wind really grabbed it, just kind of whipped it. Mm-hmm. It yeah. was a really weird kick. You know, it was kind of going straight and then, like, probably 15 yards before it reached the, the goalpost. You know, both the time it hit the goal line or the five-yard line, the wind just grabbed it and just pulled it to the right really bad. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I can't really put that on him. Um, 
And I mean, he's been such a good kicker that, you know, it's kind of hard to put that on him. But yeah, I mean, all in all, it's a loss that I kind of expected. Just because, you know, it falls into that lore of, you know, same old Lions or typical Lions. And again, like I said, you know, Dwayne Haskins is not a good quarterback. He might be someday, but right now he's not a good quarterback. Yeah, that's what I was thinking, too, with how you were saying they were only rushing three. That's that's the difference. Not saying that Prescott's uh, the best thing you'll see on the field, but um, you can get away with giving Haskins some time. I mean, yeah, is it a good thing? No, but you'd be more comfortable allowing him time than Dak Prescott. So, But still, that's not exactly a formula for success right there. Right. Uh, one thing that I wanted to go uh, mention, I mean, you talked about it, but uh, Jared Davis's sack, uh, that that was, I mean, for a day that had a drought of defensive plays for the most part or defensive performance, that, uh, that sack was a pretty good one. I don't know if you watched it live or when it happened and everything, but just uh, – how fast he shot up in the middle and uh, took Haskins down. It it was kind of a little boost to the game. Made it, made it a little exciting for like five seconds, and then <laughs> the same lines took the field. Yeah, I wasn't actually able to watch the whole game. Um, you know, I had other stuff going on. We we're oh, and I have to mention since I've been mentioning it so often on the show, my deck is finished. Yay! It's done. <laughs> All right. Yeah, that's that's what we were doing Sunday. Um, actually, my, my father-in-law came over after work, you know, before I got home and put the last couple boards on today. So it's finally done. Um, you know, probably in the spring or summer or whatever, we'll be staining it, and it'll be good to go. Nice. Well, I do not look forward to doing anything like that, but someday I might have to, so we'll see. But, yeah, I think one thing to mention, too, and, of course, people watching it um, know and remember this, and I know that uh, you know this, Brandon, but it's just like Detroit had the opportunity to take the game into overtime. Mm -hmm. And then uh, Driscoll just kind of really screwed up i mean you know at the at the same time it's kind of like okay just let him go out there and play you know let him develop into a good hopefully capable backup quarterback but then also other times it's just kind of like you know the lions have nothing good going for them play for overtime and then maybe you can do something in overtime i wasn't really all that upset about it because i mean this season's already done i mean now it's just kind of like uh, you and I have been talking about Brandon. Don't do anything too good now to screw up the draft, <laughs> right? But they will. Yeah, most, most likely. So. But yeah, so it'll be uh, it'll be interesting to see how things move forward. But don't don't get too excited for anything, Lions fans. I mean, you've seen what it is about. I mean. Let's put it this way. I think almost every week you can guarantee that the Lions will be in it towards the end of the game. Mm -hmm. But just don't 
don't always hope and expect that they're going to win because, gosh, I mean, how many times has it been now that they've they've lost? I mean, they are three and seven, so basically all seven of those losses were games that you thought that they were going to win or could win, and then they totally botched it. Well, they continued their streak of uh, being in the lead. There's only three teams that have been in the lead like every single game, and uh, that's the 49ers, the Chiefs, and the Lions. Yeah. Yep, they're good at that. So the lines are good for something. <laughs> good for letting you down. All right. Uh okay, that's right. Anything else for uh for the lines then or No, I think I'm good. Okay. All right. Well, I think that wraps it up then for our recaps over the weekend. Uh, Michigan continuing the good things. The Lions continuing whatever you want to say it is that they're doing. Uh, We thank you guys for tuning in. Um, We will be releasing our uh, preview episode here earlier in the week since it's the holiday week so that if you guys like to listen to the car, you can download it. You can listen to it while you go. Uh, however you want to listen to it, you'll have it mm, a day early. Yeah, there you go. A little Thanksgiving miracle. So, But with that, uh, we will finish things off and say go blue. Go blue.